If you've been told to pull up your socks, then make sure it's a pair of TNT socks. The TNT shop is now open at tntradio.live. Using science to debunk myths from the pandemic to climate fraud. Thanks for listening to Sky Dragon Slaying on TNT Radio. Yeah, thanks for joining us again. I'm John O'Sullivan, CEO of Principia Scientific International. Uh, still with me is Joe Posmer, astrophysicist in Canada. And uh, again, it's such a pleasure to have back with us uh, the part of the trio, the original trio of the Slayers, Joe Olson. Joe Olson, text engine extraordinaire. Joe, uh, you've not been on for a while. Um, I wanted you back because you are a, a wonderful source of collating information. You provide a great many articles for PSI. And uh, one of the things that you sent me that I picked up straight away was this wonderful um, the work by Dr. Marcus Ott. Uh, Marcus Ott is a chemical engineer, chemical scientist, rather. He's been uh, doing his own independent research on the greenhouse gas theory. And, uh, you know, it's quite compelling. The very interesting video. Um, we are really winning the war, aren't we? It's like a... Bit by bit, Joe, we are debunking universally this no, no nonsense idea that carbon dioxide drives the climate. Uh, so, yeah, Joe, how, how have you been? Well, we've had 10 inches of rain this week, so I don't know if that's global warming caused or not. Last week it was uh, had sleet on the ground for more than three days. It was uh, down in the teens here in the Houston. That's uh, teens in Fahrenheit. Uh, yeah, I'd forward you that interview that Marcus Ott did with Tom Nelson, and he focused completely on CO2 and the uh, radiation effects in the atmosphere of CO2, but that's only one of the magic green gases. Uh, the major magic gas is water vapor, and what he failed to mention was that water vapor absorbs in 37,000 spectral lines, and when it absorbs, it has six phase changes that are possible. That's the ch phase change between uh, liquid and gas and going back gas to liquid, uh, solidification, I mean, uh, liquefaction and vaporization. And then we have the phase change between uh, ice and water vapor, which is solidification and liquefaction. So during those phase changes, you have an enormous heat transfer. And that heat transfer goes directly into uh, radiating into the surrounding non-absorbing gas molecules in the atmosphere, which is nitrogen and oxygen, and that forms convective waves, waves and that goes up in the atmosphere. <clears throat> and based on an article that we posted at Principia Scientific, what is the green, uh, the Stokes shift? Stokes shift says that any absorption in the atmosphere is followed by a uh, emission in one billionth of a second of a lower energy, longer wavelength. And he doesn't mention that at all. And the other things he doesn't mention in carbon dioxide is it absorbs <clears throat> in three wavelengths, which is the 2.7 micron. That according to Wien's law is 800 degrees centigrade. It absorbs in the 4.3 micron range, which is 400 degrees centigrade. And it absorbs in the 14.7 micron range, which is minus 80 degrees. Minus 80 degrees only occurs up in the thermosphere, where amazingly enough, uh, carbon dioxide molecules that have a specific gravity of 1.5 are the pre predominant um, molecule in that particular atmospheric range, and minus 80 happens to be the temperature that's up there in the thermosphere. And nothing that's at minus 80 degrees is going to back radiate warming energy to the Earth. And the other thing that he doesn't mention 
is that clouds cool the earth. And so when you have this magic change of gas, and I wrote a great article about that uh, when I flew a Cessna 150 through 5,000 feet of cumulus clouds on a solo cross-country flight back in 1976. <clears throat> and I was pounded by vertical wind shears inside those clouds that there was no escaping. And I got an equal amount of rain hitting the top of the wing and, and, uh, and the top of the fuselage, followed by the same amount, the same marble-sized raindrops hitting the bottom of the wing and the bottom of the, uh, because I was flying through and going through um, successively denser layers of water as I was dropping down from 7,000 foot to 2,000 foot altitude. And when I popped out of the bottom, you could actually see when you're flying directly underneath the cloud, you can see the raindrops come down, spin, and then go right back up. And you have these vertical shears inside that you don't feel when you're in a passenger airline, but when you're in a 1,500 pound plane with a 100 uh, horsepower engine, you can certainly feel what's going on up, up and down inside a uh, cumulus cloud. So bottom line is that article was posted at Principia Scientific. Uh, it was also at my website and it's called uh, Science Goes Over, Under, Inside, Out. And amazingly enough, about nine months after I posted that article, Disney decided it was time to use that same title and they came up with a phony baloney fake science thing, which, uh, you know, they've been proven now to be, along with the rest of the mainstream media, uh, completely fraudulent in their malinformation about climate along with everything else. Joe, you mentioned yeah, we, uh, Tom Nelson. Uh, we had actually had Tom Nelson. So he does the Tom Nelson podcast. It's fairly decent. Not not quite up to, say, Tony Heller's uh, uh, standards, but it's still fairly decent. Uh, well, Tony Heller is obviously really good. He does, uh, you know, some, some real scientific analysis on his own. Tom Nelson basically just interviews... Uh, people skeptics generally so we did have you know his channel is growing tom nelson we did have him on at what was that maybe six months back or a year ago yeah. and uh uh you know we let him have a say but we never really got under the greenhouse effect very much and you know john i think that when we have these people on we really should you know we let people have their say we had professor dave on a few weeks ago and we kind of just let him have a say we really should start hammering these people and asking them for answers for why they're supporting this especially with what you know i can present them to them now about how the greenhouse effect is derived and and where it's coming from in the first place we really should you know uh, for example we had uh, we had that co2 coalition fellow one what was his name do you remember him co2 gregory, coalition uh Wrightstone. gregory, gregory Wrightstone. yeah that's right and we actually did bring it up to him and he got you know really irate at us and mad at us and said no that's you shouldn't question that and then he went on to basically explain why we should in fact question it because his point was saying that you know all the warming that's predicted is not happening and so the point is okay well if all the warming is predicted based on the greenhouse effect and it's not happening then what does that mean about the greenhouse effect doesn't it mean you should question that and he's like no doesn't mean that it's like come on that logically follows i don't know what's with these people then what does that mean about the greenhouse effect doesn't it mean you should question that and he's like no doesn't mean that it's like come on that logically follows i don't know what's with these people and their inability to just do basic science that that's the basic question to ask if something is predicted from a theory and what's predicted is not happening then what does that mean about the theory it means you should question it but then they'll, they'll run from that and just won't do it and of course we know why what happens it's because uh because you'll get attacked john you made a very great comment here in the comments it's because these people are midwits 
They're midwits, and they just want their false sense of security being in the middle. They don't won't take a they'll take a slightly controversial, but they won't go anywhere near where the actual controversy is. And just saying, look, if your theory predicts something that doesn't happen, the theory can therefore not be right. Yeah, you're right. These people are midwits, and they just want to find us all a safe place of security, don't they, Joe? Is that what you find too, Joe? Well, I have a problem with Heller and Nelson because both of them are using the same. Uh, quote experts and everything they're doing is based on um, at, uh, anecdotal evidence. And so if all you've got is a hypothesis that you're trying to support that is a uh, linear single coefficient uh, hypothesis and all you have is anecdotal data, then what you have is a complete fraud. Now, another thing that's interesting going on, on this week is Mark Stein is being sued by Michael Mann <clears throat> and uh I've been following this thing since the climate gate uh, happened in 2009 with a whole lot of interest. I went to a um, debate, the only debate that's ever been had between a warmest and a lukewarmest, and that was Gary North from Texas A&M University uh, versus Richard Lindzen from MIT. And it was at the Houston Petroleum Club for a luncheon, 150 bucks to attend. And then at Rice University, where it was free that evening, two hours at each particular session. And Jer Gary North's position was that I will only debate if, first of all, there's no mention of any of the emails that were released at ClimateGate because they were very damaging of the people that were pushing this narrative. Uh, number two is that there was going to be no visual presentations allowed. And I'm sorry, if you can't present somebody with visual information, then all you're doing is just waving your hands. And then the third thing was that there was to be no recording. So the press was there when they first started it. They set up their cameras and he said, OK, we've got five minutes for everybody to turn off their cell phones. And we catch you using your cell phone for video purposes. You're going to be thrown out of the place. And it was like, hmm, why would they not want video evidence when there's 300 witnesses in the room? And Gary North's fixing to make all kinds of uh, erroneous statements. Well, then he's appointed by the University of Pennsylvania to represent Michael Mann in this climate fraud from ClimateGate and University of Anglia. Okay, well, <clears throat> I wrote a great article on that called Hockey Stickery Doc. And then I was invited up to Seattle by our publisher, Ken Kaufman, for a book signing tour. And he gave me a copy of Andrew Monfort's book called The Hockey Stick Illusion about the stupid fake science of dendrochronology, where Michael Mann was able to take three uh, data sets from bristlecone pines and was able to completely eliminate the Little Ice Age because the Little Ice Age had an enormous problem with being a bump in the hockey stick that he couldn't have. And so he managed to wipe out a whole hundred-year cycle of of provable cooling on the planet in order to bring that up to make it match the hockey stick on carbon dioxide, which is another fake parameter. But here's yeah, the and that was after them saying that they needed to get rid of it, even wasn't it? That was after that. That happened after yeah. them saying, being caught saying that they need to get rid of the little ice age. The, it's the in black and white in the emails. Two thousand nine climategate emails all released from the climate research unit, University of East Anglia. Michael Mann, professor. Uh, the other guy, uh, his name escaped, Phil Jones, Professor Phil Jones. Yeah. Phil Jones was the head honcho at the Climate Gate uh, uh, Climate Research Unit. He escaped prosecution merely on a technicality. 
he was going to be prosecuted for criminally withholding data. Skeptics had applied to the University of East Anglia for release of the raw data, the data that they say they used to base on their climatic temperature record over the past thousand years. As we know, the whole thing was homogenized. The term homo homogenization effectively means making all of the gaps go up. Anywhere there's a gap in the temperature data, they assume it's warmer than the average. And that's how they falsify the record. Joe, Joe Olson, yeah, carry on with your point. Sorry to interrupt you. Oh, that's okay. That's It's all fitting together perfectly. Yeah, here's the problem with proxy data. Uh, Fahrenheit didn't invent the thermometer till like 1661. There's very inaccurate records anywhere in the world uh, up until about the last 100 years. And that's only on the land surfaces in the developed portion of the upper uh, part of the hemisphere. So bottom line is we don't have accurate records to understand what's going on. So what they do is, is proxies. And what the climate scientists have said is that tree ring width is a direct function of temperature. What Andrew Monthford pointed out was that there's actually three parameters that are two parameters that are ahead of temperature. And one of those is precipitation. So tree ring growth is going to be independent of temperature based Wait, on Joe, you're, you're saying that water can make a tree grow? Is that what you're saying? That's absurd. <laughs> it's not, it's not uh, the, the amount of temperature. How because you're going to I know it's crazy. Okay, so then the next thing is predation, and that's uh, <clears throat> uh, grazing animals, insects, and diseases, and those have an impact on tree rings. But then the third thing, and this is what's really most damaging, I don't have a graph of a bell curve, but bottom line is if your vertical axis is maximum uh, tree ring growth and your horizontal axis is temperature, you have a bell curve where the top of the bell curve is your maximum tree ring growth. But then if you go anywhere else, as far as tree ring growth, you start dropping down the bell curve and then you have a higher and lower temperature. So bottom line is, if you wanted to fake the data, you could say, well, because of these tree ring widths, it got hotter or it got colder because it's not at the optimum temperature. But then further research uh, uh, discrediting dendrochronology was that there's also uh, the orientation as far as north, south, east, and west, the exposure, and also altitude. So by the time you put in all these different parameters, tree rings tell you absolutely nothing about temperature. Yeah, basically they're assuming that the precipitation from year to year must be perfectly exact and the only change is due to temperature because, God forbid, I mean, there's never been such a thing as a dry summer or a wet summer, right? That That's totally constant isn't it but it's temperature yeah. that drives it so it's just so uh, it's just such fake science isn't it yeah the, oh, only, and the only thing that the only thing they factor in as a variable is human emissions of co2 and obviously they scapegoat humans and the ipcc the Inter intergovernmental panel on climate change their actual their their prerogative is, is to just to blame co2 uh, again they don't have to look beyond that um, the sun, in, in their calculations, is a constant. It never varies. So things like Milankovitch cycles are pretty much overlooked. Uh, cosmic rays, um, the wonderful work of um, Henrik Svensmark. Uh, I remember when I first came into writing about the cli climate science back in uh, 2008, 2009, Henrik uh, Svensmark actually had his uh, theories tested at the... Um, uh, the um, CERN, CERN actually, the Hadron Collider, they actually tested his theory there and, and validated his claim that cosmic rays do have an impact on the amount of cloud in the Earth's atmosphere. You pointed out, Joe, the, I think an episode or two ago, that uh, 
this is now, you know, 10 years on, 12, 14, 15 years on, it's non-controversial to, to say that cosmic rays are another factor in climate change. Yet nobody at the UN IPCC wants to talk about anything other as a variable than man-made CO2. If it's the only variable, then obviously it's going to be the culprit. It's something that we have to keep banging on about. It gets a bit monotonous, but it, the, the evidence is building. And uh, we'll, we'll come back to some more evidence after the break. This is TNT Radio. TNT's Kate Shimarani. I'm of the, the belief that your body can totally, 100% heal itself. If you remove the offending things and you flood your body with what it needs. What do your dogs and your kids do when they get sick? They lie down and sleep, don't they? They don't want to eat. They get great big temperatures and they just want to rest. What, do you think you're a special special snowflake? You're any different? No, that's you as well. But what do they want to do when you go to the hospital? I've seen it firsthand in the last couple of weeks. They're just going to serve you rubbish food, wheat, sugar, dairy, animal protein, tea and coffee, Fluoridated, fluoridated, bromine, water, drugs, pharmaceutical petroleum-based drugs. Kate Shamarani on today's News Talk TNT. Radio works because of its ability to personalize to the listener. What's exciting these days is that people are rediscovering it. You know, people are really rediscovering just how powerful radio is, how ubiquitous it is. It's in our cars, it's in our homes. There are so many new ways to access it. It's everywhere. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. The human mind is like a computer, no matter how efficient it may be. Its reliability is only as great as the information fed into it. That's a campaign promise. Tell us the truth. Tell us the truth. We mandate that the truth be told. You're hearing it. TNT. Hi, welcome back. Uh, We've brought the team back together again, the Principia Scientific International Trio, Joe Posma, Joe Olson. It's such a pleasure to talk to you. We we never have enough time. And and Joe Olson, your role at the moment, you're going through all the key articles, uh, the stories that are popping up on Principia Scientific International, the website that we've all been working on for the past 14 years now. I can't believe it's 14 years, but uh, again, it's a respected international hub. For alternative analysis on all the big scientific issues and, and joe Olson, you, you've been picking up on a very good few interesting stories lately yeah uh, let, i'll let you carry on joe carry on where you want to when you want, want, want to pick off yeah i want to provide another bit of evidence that was in the uh, uh andrew monfort book and that is the calendar that the japanese kept of when the um, cherry blossoms bloomed every year they had a very accurate calendar which was separate from the uh, calendars that we used in the West, but they noted every year when the um, cherry blossoms started to bloom. And there was a cyclic variation over a 500 year period, and it exactly matched the uh, cooling that you would expect with the delayed blooming of, of uh, cherry blossoms uh, during the Little Ice Age. So, bottom line is not only did you have uh, ice festivals on the Thames where the river flow froze six feet thick and you can take elephant rides around underneath the London Bridge. Uh, but you also have an enormous amount of empirical evidence that everything about this is completely crooked. Now, we've mentioned the climate gate scandal. This broke uh, in November 2009, and it's what forced about half of the alarmists to split into the lukewarmest camp, which I've discussed frequently. But the amazing thing is that there was 
250,000 emails that were all related to Phil Jones and the cabal that was putting this together. And they were only released 2,200 of those. And they were placed on a Russian server with an encryption code stating any time in the future we could do the the, uh, Mm -hmm. encryption. I'd call on Mr. Putin to have his hackers go in there, open up that key and release all 250,000 pages of information on uh, East Anglia uh, coordination with the scientific journals, with the scientific uh, bureaus, with the government, because we're going to see a collusion on the climate fraud that's absolutely stunning. And this is exactly what we need, because we need to flush this whole entire system. Yeah, I want to add to what you just said, uh, the point being that one of the most shocking uh, components of the ClimateGate leaked emails was the Harry Readme files and the guy, Harry Harris, was a uh, one of the main researchers at uh, University of East Anglia. He, his task was to put together the numbers and try and find a way to systematically create this new climate model. And um, it, he revealed in these emails, the emails going back and forth between uh, Michael Mann, uh, Phil Jones and all the other crew, the, the elite crew, literally more than no more than 40 or 50 um, of the top, uh, you know, top people working at the UN. Um, putting together this nonsense data, and they were trying to find a way to create the narrative, you know, uh, effectively cherry-picking the numbers. And you make make the point about the idea of uh, proxy data. Proxy data from the bristle cones used by Michael Mann, it literally goes to one bristle cone, um, and it, it's a nonsense because they argue against our sceptic argument you just said. Um, the skeptics have tried to argue that the medieval medieval warm period was global and the little ice age was global, but they uh, uh, poo-poo that, saying it's regional and not truly a global phenomenon. And that was how they cherry-picked their arguments. Um, but again, what you're saying there with the cherry blossom uh, blooming in, in Japan and all these other things, it, it's us who seem to be looking at the diverse evidence and Michael Mann with his one bristle cone. It, it, it's very evident, Joe, that... Uh, you know, it's like pot calling kettle black, isn't it? Oh, it, it's the most ridiculous excuse for science ever imaginable and how these people have any credibility. And the nice thing about the um, uh, Stein man trial that's ongoing right now is that he's being pestered by people out on uh, reporters out on the street. And Mark Stein is representing himself and he's doing a very good job of taking uh, Mr. Man apart. But he should really get some uh, information from people that actually have a science background. Stein attended uh, King Edward University in Birmingham from uh, 1977 to 1978. And he was listed uh, in the yearbook as being a classics um, major. But he graduated. He worked as a DJ. Uh, He's done some great stuff. He does great commentary. He's pretty good as a comedian. But as far as science, he knows nothing and he will not talk to anybody that's outside of the lukewarmest camp because that's the yeah. choir that he's singing for. And unfortunately, he could win these cases uh, handily if he had some good scientific input that he could present to the judges and juries that are actually judging this. But that's what Principia Scientific was formed to battle against and provide the alternative information. And that's what we've done. I want to get back to one of the other articles that's at um, <clears throat> at. Um, Principia Scientific, and this is Molecules and Saline Solution. This is an article that was produced by Planck Planck Institute and Cambridge University on the vibrational sum frequency generation. And what it says that the surface of uh, a saline solution, the surface boundary layer of uh, water is 100% water. There's no 
cations or anions available in the top layer because what that layer is doing, it's separating pure water out and then in the process of evaporating over the 37,000 spectral lines is uh, reducing that by distillation into pure water that's going up as pure water in the vapor column inside the atmosphere. And water vapor constitutes at least 1% of the atmospheric volume uh, and up to a maximum at 100% relative humidity of 4%, which means that water molecules outnumber carbon dioxide molecules 2,000 to 1 at the lowest level, which is the Acoma Desert in Chile and down in um, Antarctica, where it's so cold that you can't get much water vapor in the atmosphere, but it's still 1%. So bottom line is, you know, these people have been lying to us about absolutely everything. There's no back radiation warming, which is the main hypothesis they got. And then their other thing is that, you know, we're limited. Uh, they keep making a big deal about methane. Methane absorbs in the 3.3 micron range, which is 600 degrees centigrade, and it absorbs in the 7.7 .7 micron, which is 104 degrees centigrade, which is actually 219 degrees Fahrenheit that you need to have it converted for you. But no place does Earth emit an outgoing long-wave radiation higher than the boiling point of water. So that means that, that methane can only absorb incoming solar radiation, and that causes cooling. But it's also only 1.7 parts per million. And the stuff on nitrous oxide is another thing that's completely bogus. That's why we can't have farms, because the Earth naturally produces nitrous oxide uh, by photolysis. Uh, and what it does is the sun breaks apart oxygen molecules. Some of the oxygens go out and it's diatomic, two-molecule two atom. It go connect and those form a temporary ozone molecules. Some of them go and connect to a nitrogen, which is two nitrogen and oxygen forming nitrous oxide, which is water soluble, which comes down in the rain, which fertilizes the planet. And when you don't have enough nitrogen in the atmosphere, you need to supplement, or you don't have enough nitrogen fixing bacteria in your soils because you're not doing crop rotation, you need to supplement it with artificial. But that doesn't mean that it has any of the ability to warm the planet because there again, any absorption is followed by emission of a longer wavelength, lower energy, which you cannot take your reflected energy, a human being 98.6 and 10 micron range, and reflect your own energy back to raise your body temperature. It's absolutely absurd. And this is what we've been writing about uh, and talking about since we published Slaying the Slide Dragon in 2010, November of 2010. So bottom line is, We've been lied to by everybody who's a, quote, skeptic, as well as the people who are, uh, you know, the alarmists. It's absolutely absurd. And we we wanted over $100 billion uh, on carbon endangerment findings. And like I mentioned in one of my articles, if all you fund is findings for danger, danger is all you will find. Yeah, Joe, you brought up the farming issue. And so that, uh, you know, recently, a few weeks ago, we had uh, John Kerry at whatever conference, WF or wherever he was, um, saying that we need to stop farming for climate change. Um, Joe, you're making a lot of points there about just how much these people are lying, how full of, uh, you know, the proverbial uh, bullshit. Bovine excrement, yeah, yeah. Yeah, bovine excrement, yeah, exactly. Um, all the science is how much they're lying about it and yeah, how they're vilifying carbon dioxide, how they're targeting it. You know, we are really are in a bad situation here. Of course, my own work just pointing out just how fraudulent the whole basis of this science is. Joe, you know that I always ask people why a lot of people 
say, oh, it's about depopulation, but this is worse than that. The, you know, getting rid of carbon dioxide, blotting out the sun, solar radiation management, they, they nicely call it, make it sound legitimate. No, you're just blocking the sun. They just want to blot, literally blot out the sun. It's like that uh, one episode uh, from The Simpsons where you have uh, Burns and he says, since the beginning of time, man has yearned to destroy the sun. You know, it's a joke. But these people are uh, are literally wanting to do that. They want to block out the sun like Burns did in that episode. They want to block out the sun and they want to remove as much carbon dioxide from the atmosphere as they can. That's not depopulation. That's geoengineering. That is mass scale geoengineering on this energetic scale of geologic forces. Um, that's totally changing the habitability of this planet for the existing photosynthetic uh, pattern which exists on the surface of the earth. It's basically making this planet habitable for something that is not photosynthetic, something that is not carbon-based, it seems to me. What's, I mean, do you take that assessment too? It's pretty bad as far as I can tell. They, they want to freaking wipe this planet out, it seems. Because why else would they need to lie to this extent? The lies are just so extreme. And if you look at where it leads, if we actually went with all their, if we actually went and did what they want, they're asking, they're saying that they want to do this extra governmentally. They don't want to have to go through voters. They don't want to have to go through voting. They've said this. I've quoted it before. Uh, they've, uh, they just want the trillions of dollars that they estimate. They want everyone to give them whatever it is, a trillion dollars, and not have to go through government, not have to go through voting and just go ahead with their plans which are blot out the sun and remove all the carbon dioxide if we let them do that that's what they're saying they want to do that's the end that that's the end what do you think well Can this just is jump in there? let me just yeah, jump this... in for a moment i just want to give some context here i just want to make sure that uh one of the ways that most people are duped by this so-called climate scare is they talk about everything in in, in celsius centigrade or, or fahrenheit Yet, uh, you know, true scientists would always look at the Kelvin scale. I mean, forget, we talk about absolute zero. We talk about um, Joe Joe Posma, you know, Joe Posma as a as a, as an astrophysicist. You know, you you quite happily work only on the Kelvin scale because again, it shows perspective. Again, you know, uh, if you look at the Kelvin scale, roughly, we, you know, we're talking about a one or two degree change from about two hundred, I think. 289 degrees Kelvin up to about 290 degrees Kelvin. You know, is it that kind of thing? You know, if you, if you add the Kelvin scale into it, oh, it just shows you the minute changes. But when you look at Celsius and centigrade, you're looking at uh, one or two degrees and your benchmark is thinking in terms of maybe 15 degrees going up to 16 or 18 degrees. That is scary. But but again, when we look at the graphs, you, you, you see that it's virtually um, trivial. It's a completely trivial number, isn't it? That's a good point. If the if the zero point had been fourteen degrees Celsius, then you know going from that new zero point, you know relative to that fifteen to sixteen degrees, that that would be you could say a hundred percent change in the uh, you know, and yeah. they would use such a stupid argument when they they'd be like, "There's a hundred percent change in the temperature of the atmosphere." Whereas they actually look at where the scale begins at zero degrees uh, um, Kelvin. Uh, and that's the proper scale to look at, right? Because that's actually the true zero point of nature of physics is is the yeah. uh, um, uh, absolute, uh, absolute uh, temperature zero. scale, right? Uh, yeah, then you're looking at 286 Kelvin to 287 Kelvin, and that's a change of 0.3%, right? It's it's nothing, or 0.03%, right? It's it's nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's negligible. Joe Olson. It's negligible. Yeah. Joe Olson. 
Yes, well, the moon gets exactly the same amount of solar radiation that the Earth does, and the lunar temperature varies, we'll stay with Fahrenheit, or uh, you can convert it yourself to uh, centigrade, or Kelvin, whichever you want, but it gets 260 degrees hot during their 14 long day cycle when you have the, where it's going into the full moon cycle, and then it drops within several hours to minus uh, 315 degrees Fahrenheit, and it's getting the exact same amount of solar radiation. What's happening is that it's the surface of the moon is like uh, refractory bricks. And one of the people that wrote in our, our book, Climate Science, uh, is Dr. Martin Hertzberg, who had uh, the three infrared spectrometry uh, meters that are being used by NASA. And he developed them for blast furnaces, where you can sit outside a blast furnace and look through a little glass window, and you have several... Uh, feet of wall thickness, and it can be 2,500, 3,000 degrees hot inside the blast furnace melting steel, and you can stand there and not be melted from it. Well, the same thing happens on the, lun the lunar equatorial surface temperature and regal F profile. This was in the Journal of Geophysical uh, Research, and it says that the maximum penetration of solar radiation on the moon is 0.4 meters, which means after it stops getting sunlight, it immediately re-radiates that heat back into space. And that's why you have this enormous temperature swing because the moon doesn't have an ocean to absorb the heat and uh, convey it up to an atmosphere and it doesn't have an atmosphere. So the earth would be the same way if we didn't have an ocean and we didn't have an atmosphere. And so bottom line is the atmospheres in the ocean cool the planet by day and they delay cooling at night because any mass between a heat source and a heat sink delays heat transfer. And that's what's happening in the atmosphere. But bottom line is, we're not allowed to discuss this. I know this is a complicated subject, and anybody who wants to do further research, I've done 10 one-hour tutorials with Dr. James Spetzer on BitChute. You can go to BitChute, and then in the search engine, put Joe Olson, comma, O-L-S-O-N, comma, climate change. And there's over 350 um, postings of those 10 videos but you can find each individual one because they're agw one through ten and i go through this whole thing with good visual risk representations and i discuss every aspect of this the green energy fossil fuels and our ignorant epa so bottom line is i've, I've done a really good job i hate to brag but uh in the comment section people say it's better than any tutorial they ever had in college yeah, yeah. The important thing is to get the visuals across. So obviously, you know, we're limited in what we can do on air here. And you know, I do urge people to go to visit the BitChute website. As you say, Jim, Jim Fetzer does a great job. He's been doing it for years. And everything is linked because Jim Fetzer, conspiracy theorist like ourselves, we think that, uh, and we, we started off on climate, didn't we, guys? But then we've linked everything. We've linked 9-11. Uh, we've linked the pandemic fraud. Um, you know, ozone holes and CFC gases, you name it. We we just see one thing after another where the so-called elite, we, the oligarchs of the world, they have their finger on the pulse. They're manipulating everything. And uh, our job is to unpick it bit by bit. Um, what we'll do, Joe, in the last, final 20 minutes, we'll, we'll cover some more of these stories on Principia Scientific. We'll just go for a short break now. It's uh, This is TNT Radio. People might tell you that Lyme doesn't kill people but we are losing people. People disappear from their lives. One of the scariest things that I had to deal with was uh, memory loss. Not just like, I don't remember what I did last week, but like, I forgot all the words to my own songs. 
I remember going to my primary care physician and he was like, you are 100% healthy, there's nothing wrong with you. And my response was, that's impossible, I'm dying. I wasn't working. I had all of these hospital bills. We had to move out of our home and move into my parents' basement. I just wish I could have truly been present in those big moments, you know, when she took her first steps or, you know, her first day of preschool. Lyme is such a thief and it goes undetected because no one is looking for it. For more information and prevention tips, go to projectlime.org. Sometimes a car comes along that changes everything with innovations never thought possible and features that make you wonder, how did people survive without this? This is that time and this is that car. This is the world's first VWB. Equipped with transparent doors to eliminate reasonable suspicion, whatever that means. A 10 and 2 steering wheel that keeps hands visible at all times. We remove the glove box so there's no confusion about what the driver is reaching for. With a touch of a button, the ultrasonic biometric scanner displays the license and registration of the driver to ensure contactless exchange of information. With no trunk, nothing can be concealed, so therefore, there is nothing to search and seize. To ensure you will never be mistaken for breaking the speed limit, we've installed limited edition airless tires. And we remove the engine because, honestly, why risk it? DWB, the first vehicle of its kind, where the safety feature is the car itself. science to debunk myths from the pandemic to climate fraud thanks for listening to sky dragon slaying on tnt radio hi welcome back Uh, our job here is to give you insights and analysis on all the big climate and uh, science technology news that the mainstream doesn't really want you to know and um our major publishing hub is principia scientific international collaborating with tnt radio it's such a wonderful partnership going now for two years um, Joe Olson is now um, specialising in providing us um, periodic updates on the big stories on Principia Scientific, the stories that you will never hear on the mainstream media. Joe, you've got a few more for us. Um, I'll let you kick off with that. Yes. Well, at PSI, we have an article from Lancet on under vaccination because people are like getting misinformation and they're not getting jabbed enough. Yeah, you don't need 70 to vaccinations to get into kindergarten because all it's doing is poisoning your natural immune system. Now, um, we were on the forefront of this. I wrote my first article about the um, Wu flu uh, situation, uh, which is uh, all, all pandemics are personal. April 5th, 2020. I'd already attended several uh, medical freedom rallies in Austin, Texas. Our governor put our state under lockdown on March 20th for two weeks to flatten the curve. And two weeks later, 
They were having rallies that were saying, we don't need this. And it's a violation of the state constitution for him to do an executive order for emergency that lasts more than two weeks without calling a special session. He never called a special session. Don't tell me how wonderful Abbott was. And it took him over a year before he finally reduced the social distancing, the uh, jab requirements, the uh, contract tracing, everything that was involved in this particular scam. And all of this is based on transhumanism. That's exactly what the vaccines uh, and the bioweapons developed um, threat vector are. And um, I had read a book, which is what I use for my Pandemics is Personal, which was written by John M. Berry. And it was called The Great Influenza. It's a 450 page long book. My grandmother grand, uh, and had her father, mother and 10 year old brother die in 1918 from, quote, the Spanish flu. And so I had a family personal connection to that. So I read the book when I got about three quarters way through it. I realized that I had had misconceptions that had been programmed into me by decades of uh, propaganda. And I didn't understand what he was writing in the first part of the book. It's the only book out of the 1500 uh, science and uh, history books that I've read that I read cover to cover twice without stopping. It's absolutely incredible. But the point that he makes in here is that um, the vaccine that are the disease after they did the human genome, genome which was uh, produced in April of 2003, the Human Genome Project. The bioweapon scientists immediately said, well, now we know how the human genome works. We need to dig up, exhume the bodies of a bunch of people that died from the Spanish flu and find out how the most evil um, bacteria or virus or whatever it was uh, happened in, in uh, 1918. So they exhumed all these soldiers and they found out that the everything involved was the H1N1, which is the common bird flu, which had happened repeatedly about every 20 years. And so bottom line is, Anytime you have a uh, replication of, of, quote, viruses, and there again, we have a, a theory about that, which is probably defective and deserves debate. But anytime you have a virus, it has to grow in a living cell and it absorbs a little bit of DNA from its host. So that means that if you're growing vaccines in fertilized chicken eggs, every chicken egg is different. And that means every batch of antibodies that you, quote, get out of there is different. And what you're doing is you're taking a one in a billion shot at a one in a billion virus. And if you believe that the statistics on that justify it, you're absolutely crazy. I wrote a great article that followed up uh, to my uh, pandemics or personal article, which is remember the Alamode review. <clears throat> and this is when I went to a rally at Dealey Plaza in Dallas. And one of the speakers there was Dr. Yvette Lozano. And she had a uh, been uh, working in the Dallas area for 30 years. She had a staff of 12 people. She announced at that rally that she had treated 30 of her patients and all of them recovered. She treated them with hydroxychloroquine. So I wrote a great article uh, about that. And the state medical board threatened to take away her license. The state pharmacy board threatened to take away the pharmacy license of any uh, uh, pharmacist that fulfilled a prescription for hydroxychloroquine. Hydroxychloroquine is based on the alkaloid quinine. And I wrote another great article on that called Woo Flu Bat Stew News for You, which is also at Principia Scientific. Amazing facts about uh, hydroxychloroquine, which is just basically a stabilized form of quinine. And bottom line is plants live on the same planet that the rest of us do. They have to develop chemical defenses against the threat vectors that they've got, which are mold, fungus, um, 
viruses, bacteria, grazing animals. And so they developed this chemical family, which includes caffeine, nicotine, all of the psychedelic drugs, morphine, uh, uh, strychnine, which is a poison, belladonna, which is a poison, but they also produce quinine. And quinine has been used as a treatment and preventative for malaria for over 500 years. It's over the counter in all of Latin America, all of Africa, and all of the Far East because it is great. It has an off-label approved use for lupus, arthritis, uh, chronic fatigue syndrome. It's been on the WHO's list of mandatory medicines for 75 years, and you cannot get it. Yeah, we had um, Dr. Pierre Corey on the show last week, and he was very, very helpful, uh, eminent in his own field as, as a medical doctor. And he was explaining that uh, there's so much misunderstanding, misinformation uh, on this issue. And hydroxychloroquine, again, a wonderful medicine. Ivermectin, a wonderful medicine. But these medicines were vilified at the, the outset of the pandemic by the mainstream. Um, again, it's a complete 180 degrees on, on the efficacy. You know, before the pandemic in, in 2019, 2020, nobody doubted that ivermectin was a, you know, World Health Organization approved medicine, you know, very, very effective in treating so many diseases. Uh, Dr. Corey even said it's being proven to be very, very effective as a cancer treatment. But again, th these, these medicines, these alternative treatments are very, very cheap. There's no big profit in them. Um, for big pharma and big pharma just want to corner the market don't they they want to make sure they get the big well, bucks on the treatments that are very very expensive well it's at least that but i think even more than that it's uh i think we could almost conclude that this was a purposeful genetic experimentation uh a, a genetic engineering exper ex experimentation event wasn't it because when you do have these legitimate uh mo modalities that exist like you said uh, ivermectin um hydroxychloroquine uh, which are cheap and, and easy to use, easy to administrate, and extremely safe, then why do they want to use these RNA-modifying uh, modalities? They're doing something to us. They're messing with us. Don't you think, Joe? Uh, yes. Well, one of the other people that I mentioned, that I um, witnessed in person at one of the health rallies was uh, Richard Bartlett, who's a, a doctor out in Midland, Texas, who treated 20, uh, 1,200 patients with budesonide. And he said that budesonide is like a um, antihistamine with steroids that was in common asthma inhalers. And it was uh, over the counter up until the COVID thing. And when he announced that he was treating people with it, suddenly you have to have a prescription to get it. And he said, this drug is so safe that we trusted 10 year old kids to have their own um, budesonide inhalers and self-treat whenever they had an asthma attack. And this is something that you can also no longer get. So that's how uh, deceptive and rotten they are. But I also want to plug one other thing, and that is Tucker's doing his sworn enemy tour in Canada, and he's posted his rallies, and they are absolutely incredible. 45 minutes of excoriating the Canadians for being absolutely too polite. This is the time we need to not be polite and you need to start making fun of these people and calling them out and he's uh, i hope he's rallying the canadians to stand up against their fascistic government and uh he's definitely leading the way so i highly recommend his sworn enemy tour and when it was posted on youtube i put the following comment in the comment section totalitarianism is a self-licking ice cream cone for the advancement of narcissistic psychopaths and that's exactly what the Good government one. has be become a reward and enrichment and recruitment system for psychopaths and that's why you have them infiltrating virtually every power 
uh, structure inside our current civilization, and they're going to destroy civilization if we don't destroy them. So we're at the they the they are like they are the parasitical infection, aren't they? They are the virus, in fact, aren't they? They are the virus. They are the parasitical infestation. They are like a bad mold uh, infecting an otherwise what could be a very nice house. Joe, Joe, Joe Postman, you're our Canadian expert. You're there. You're there on the ground. You've had so much absolute uh, pushback. You know, you've lost your job, you know, wonderful position you had at the University of Calgary. You, you've seen the far left uh, kind of dictatorship, uh, um, you know, pushing out their mandates, you know, making you lose your livelihood. What is the current situation? What, what What's your feeling generally? What's going on in Canada? Well, this is Westwide. I mean, it's not just Canada, it's everywhere. It's the US, it's all over Europe. Yeah, we're yeah, absolutely yeah. being being destroyed. It, it, it seems to be targeted. I mean, I, I know we're not supposed to bring up racial issues, but it really seems to be targeted towards uh, white Western European civilization. We're under attack and it seems like they just want to destroy uh, everything we've built and everything we have and just pervert it, invert it and make it, uh, make it, make it destructive. Like, look, we're, we're heading to destruction. But, you know, it's not just destruction as us, uh, of us, because as I point out, you know, if, if we really gave them the money that they're asking for, and if we really gave them the political power that they're asking for, they're going to block out the sun and remove all the carbon dioxide. That's what they stated they want to do. That's ending life on Earth. Like I said, they seem to be a really bad virus, parasitical investigation. They almost seem like they're not even human or something. I don't know. It's an argument. Um, we haven't been down that rabbit hole yet. I mean, we've been down a few rabbit holes. And, uh, you know, back when we first formed Principia Scientific 14 years ago, we tried to limit ourselves just to the one big issue, the climate change issue. But again, as the general population has become a little bit more aware that there is definitely something odd going on, you know, the the Great Awakening, that, that term, the Great Awakening, is something that we've heard before. Joachim Hagopian has been on the show a few times. He, he quite embraces that term. Um, again, goes back to the Q movement, whether the Q movement was a PSYOP, whether it might be U.S. military intelligence, we don't know. Um, but uh, we hear the storms upon us, the storm upon us. That uh, actually, Joe Olson, that... that that rings a bell because that is rings true to some kind of U.S. military operation, which may or may not may may or may not be linked to what's going on in Israel and Ukraine. Uh, do you have any comments on that, Joe Olson? I certainly do. Yes, the four uh, horsemen of the apocalypse are famine, disease, pestilence, and war. And the elite managed to capture every one of those threat vectors, and they're using every one of them against us. If you want to know how rotten what you've been taught in history is and how war is an incremental part of depopulation because the elitists figured out a long time ago that crippled war veterans, orphans, and uh, widows who are homeless are not going to rise up against you. So every generation they have to keep producing these uh, wars, which they stayed set ahead of time. I highly recommend a YouTube site called Tales of the American Empire. They've got over 130 videos. They're all about 15 minutes long with archival footage. And they explain exactly how they stage set every war and how they've lied about absolutely every war. And I'm a trained structural engineer, did great analysis on what happened to the World Trade Center buildings. Uh, those articles, you can also go to uh, BitChute, put in Joe Olson, comma, Twin Towers. And I explain in that hour long video with plenty of visual representations, how those buildings were destroyed using uh, many nukes placed in the basement. And it's absolutely 
irrefutable. After I posted my first article, Unequivocal 911 Nukes at Veterans Today, I was uh, contacted by one of my readers said, you need to read the Palmer Report. Palmer Report is 5,000 words, 45 PowerPoint slides, three 90-minute videos. When I forwarded it to the editor of Veterans Today, he said, this has proven everything that we've written in 80 nuclear education articles at Veterans Today, which I had read every one of them concurrently when they were posted. And they did a great job. It's four European, uh, two German, one Belgium, and one French scientist, physicist, PhD. And they did a great job, but they didn't understand the nuclear isotopes and the ability of absorption of gamma rays. And so I wrote an additional article called um, the NIST Jenga game. And that's also uh, mentioned in my video and has excellent references on how the ba basic building components have the ability to absorb gamma rays, which reduces your uh, available nuclear signature. But it also kept the basement of that building 2,500 degrees hot with 24-7 water being sprayed on it until December of that year. So bottom line is, uh, it's irrefutable that we were stage set with a false flag on 911, and then we were additionally uh, false flag on a whole bunch of other different activities. Uh, the Iraqi uh, invasion was staged. Uh, then they used the CIA Operation Zero Footprint to cause the Arab Spring and overthrow the governments of Tunisia, Yemen. Mm, they're back in the news. Uh, Egypt mm. and Libya. Houthis. And in Libya, killed 250,000 Muslims. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, black Muslims. I'm sorry, Mr. Obambi. You didn't need to do that. And then they shipped the weapons over to Syria. And we've been occupying Syria since 2012. We've been stealing two thirds of their oil production since 1912. I mean, since uh, 2012. And Trump never started a war, but he didn't end the war in Iraq, Afghanistan or Syria. And he provided $400 million of weapons to the Zelensky regime in Ukraine. So bottom line is, I'm sorry, Mr. MAGA, you need to study history. And you need to have some people that understand what the actual global dynamics are. And you need to get far better advisors than you've ever had because you got your degree in economics and you went to the Wharton School of Economics. I'm sorry, you don't know anything about history and you don't know anything about science and you're being misled because you don't have any millions of objective analysis. Joe Olson, we're, we're coming, you know, the last two minutes of the show, and you wanted to chip in with uh, some uh, ideas, the latest from Professor Arthur Vitorito. Again, the, the geothermal idea, the idea, you know, that uh, we're having a breakthrough, another breakthrough in, in understanding climate, and um, art is, uh, what, you know, a wonderful asset on that. So just give, give us an update on, on what Art Vitorito has been doing. Well, I met him at Heartland Institute in 2014, and we, we talked every day. It was a five-day-long conference, and one of the people that interrupted us one day was uh, 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 Christopher Monson, uh, who has a degree in journalism, and he tried to argue with Art, and now he's finally coming around to the point, and it was really wonderful that Tom Nelson gave Art a great 45-minute-long um, interview because this information is getting out and it's irrefutable. And I've been writing about the global warming caused by volcanism, which is another vector that they don't put in the thermal equation uh, since 2009. So bottom line is it's nice to finally be able to have these uh, seeds pop up and hopefully we'll overturn this in a very short period of time. Yeah, well said, Joe Olson. Joe Olson, again, our roving reporter. He's, he's been with us on the team, the trio of Principia Scientific now for, for 14 years. You know, we were the innovators. We were the groundbreakers. 
bringing truth to TNT viewers. Um, it's a pleasure to have you on the show, Joe. We'll have you again in a week or two. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll say thank you for joining us on Sky Dragon Slaying. This is TNT Radio.